record is starting. Oh, you hit record? I hit record, and I'm going to hit record here, but I can turn off the, the clips, because the clips always record. I don't know why. There's no clips. Oh, jeez. There's no oh, clips. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Microphone, Rodecaster I mean, Pro Stereo. Record. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you know what's amazing, man, is we have this so dialed in. Yeah. You don't have to even edit this. We can just keep, you can keep that beginning in there. People find it fascinating. Don't leave it in there. Then. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, uh, <laughs> I, what I saw, saw my LinkedIn yesterday, mm. there was a link to like the IBM podcast, like IBM smart. And right. it was, it was done by, you know, a guy I know at Lumen and it was him and he was talking to Howard Bonville who runs cloud at IBM. Right. So I click on this fucking link. Guess guess who's the host of the IBM podcast? Was it me? No, it's Malcolm fucking Gladwell. He's hosting their show? IBM. I don't really put those two guys together like that, IBM and Malcolm Gladwell. It doesn't seem... Well, apparently, the you know, it's Push, Pushkin. Pushkin is the company, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, I guess from a corporate perspective, you can even literally hire Malcolm Gladwell to be the host of your podcast. And he started spewing this marketing talk about edge and cloud. And I don't know, a minute and a half in, I had to just turn the goddamn thing off. Too much? Uh, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I feel that Malcolm Gladwell sold out to large corporate <laughs> America in a particular way, which good right. for him. Yeah. Or how much is IBM spending to do a podcast where people are talking about hybrid cloud. Right. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel. Sorry. I guess we can move on to the topics of the day. But it's literally, I was like, you know, I mean, it's one of the ones where I love you to death, Dan, but you're not Malcolm Gladwell. No, I, I know. Right? You're I not. Know. Uh, and do you feel like you, am I, is this my last episode doing with you? Or do you think, I'm are just, you getting him next? Or? I'm just, I'm just, I didn't realize he was for hire. And that might change, you know. I mean, how funny, how funny would it be if it was like me, you, and Malcolm Gladwell talking about Oh, the three of us together on, but you said you had to turn them off. Uh, Yeah, but not not for him reasons. More for, you know, the the recitation. How would you say the recital of? Mm. Is it recitation? Is that a word? Yeah, yeah, that's totally a word. It is a word, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But the recitation of IBM marketing speak is why I had to turn it off. I mean, it's a little bit like when you fire up uh, the TV mm-hmm. and you hear Morgan Freeman's voice and you turn around and it's from a far, far, pharmaceutical company talking about a parasitic drug that helps you not shit yourself. Right. You think he should be talking about uh, like penguins or the solar system or something. something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like queuing up and there's... No, I, I hear you. Yeah. Sorry. Be okay now though, Dan. You mean you got that out of your system and... Yeah, almost, you know, we just almost had a commentary about the podcasting industry, of almost. which you've been in for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of ways you have a business much like Malcolm Gladwell's business, right? I don't right? really, I don't see any difference in, between me and him at all. It's interchangeable, he and I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you do the 5 by 5tv where there's a whole series of shows. That's a lot like Pushkin's thing. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the, uh, the FM thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is called what again? Fireside. Fireside.fm. Yeah, hosting podcast hosting platform okay. for, since And this is this is this is not the one backed by the 
Texan that owns basketball teams, right? <laughs> no, this is the one that came before that. Came before that. Yeah, we okay. started ours in uh, in 2016, and it was called Fireside. And this theirs is I something see. that has been going. For so you're not months. you're not the chat roulette ripoff. Mm, Wait, no. no, it's not chat roulette. What's what's the name of that other thing now? The temporary talking thing. Yeah, that one is called Clubhouse. 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 Although I like chat roulette for it. Remember, remember chat roulette? Yeah. I mean, that's basically, I mean, I guess Clubhouse is sort of a one to many chat roulette, really, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. Sure. Yeah. You they just probably wouldn't uh, love that description of it, but it's accurate. Yeah. Remember, uh, is chat roulette still around? Are people still just randomly I don't know. talking to each other and watching someone rub one out. Or, I mean, because remember how it was such a, uh, I don't know. People are, people are strange with their ideas, but we'll go ahead. Let's move on. Let's move on to one of the strangest, weirdest idea of the last 15 years, which has been Facebook. Oh, yes. We, a lot happened with, uh, with Facebook in the last week. And I feel like, did. you know, there, you have to start with this. There's, it's, yeah. uh, you have to, um, all of it was down. It was all down. Yeah. The WhatsApp was down. Everything. Instagram, Instagram was down. Instagram, Instagram was down. Yeah. As you know, I recently, uh, had, I have my, I recently started my very first Instagram account ever. It's pretty amazing. And it's, it, it's all, it, it's all it's the all content steaks. that I want. Yeah. It's all yeah. steaks. Steakitarian, steakitarian.club for all the listeners out there. You can go follow my Instagram. Yeah. It's only pictures of me cooking meat, uh, or slicing meat in some cases. Uh, or I did, I did one time I did a live stream of myself cleaning <laughs> one of my cutting boards. Uh, and you know, it was, uh, people like, it's like ASMR. Is that, that's, that's, yeah, what, ASMR, that's, that's yeah. What yeah. Yeah. It's like a little, you know, still scrubby. It's nice. Um, and, uh, as part of that, I reactivated my Facebook account. Oh, can you do that? Uh, which, I mean, if you blow something, if you blow it away, is it still there? Can I reactivate mine? Well, apparently you, it doesn't really get deleted. It just gets sort of made inactive, I guess. And, mm. uh, and so that got reactivated and then I proceeded to, it's still, it's, it's basically there. But what, what it means now is that literally up until it just got reactivated, my, my wife apparently posts pictures of me on the Facebook oh. and even tags it with my name. Um, but um, it just was like sort of like grayed out and didn't really link to anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it is reactive, but... Are uh, you technically even married if Facebook doesn't know about it? I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, for me, like, I don't, um, and somebody started messaging me on Facebook and, uh, only one person, I would imagine you've got a lot of people trying to message you on Facebook. Uh, no, no. Like literally real time. Oh, like, somebody started messaging like, like, Oh, yo, Hey, you're back, man. What's mm. going on? Mm. I was like, delete. <laughs> I just, I just turned, I just shut the browser. I'm yeah, like, nah, I'm close not, it, had to shut it down. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not here to engage with you. Um, I mean, what's, what I find I guess funny about the whole Facebook thing is it's down and then people begin to realize just, I guess, how dependent they are on there. I mean, I don't run a business or anything that's super dependent on Facebook. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Instagram thing is like almost a meet meme account, mm -hmm. but I'm not really memeing because it's pretty good looking meat. Uh, and, uh, but you know, it's largely me being funny. I mean, you know, in the sense of I'm just, yeah, I'm not going to, I have no interest in posting shit about myself or anything mm -hmm. else. And then, yeah, WhatsApp meant that, 
I mean, there's a, I mean, you almost have to use WhatsApp in some places, but then it just meant that I texted people instead. You know, it's not like it's a single right. channel. Well, what I found you know, is, that is that as, as over the, the last few years, as I've, whether it's been working with or made friends with people who are, you know, not, not in the United States. Yeah. WhatsApp is ubiquitous. Um, oh, you, you yeah. know this, but maybe yeah. I, I certainly didn't know this before a little while ago that it, it I just assumed everyone texted or, you know, smart people maybe had their, uh, an iPhone as their, uh, terminal no. and were using messages on that, but no, the world uses WhatsApp. It's really like super common. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a designer that I've been working with on a project and, and it, it just, it was a foregone conclusion that we'd be talking over WhatsApp. He's in, um, Portugal or somewhere like that. And it was just a, Foregone conclusion, of course, of course, we'll be using WhatsApp to communicate. Uh, yeah, that seems to be the case. When that goes down, that's a problem. And Facebook going down is a problem. Instagram going down is a, is a problem. And all of this comes right on the heels of their uh, whistleblower uh, interview where it was said that Facebook is misleading everybody on what they're really doing about hate speech and violence and really misinformation as a whole. And yeah. what, yeah, to which my general response to that is no shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, why, why, no one should great. be surprised by this. No one. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that they said that, you know, they, they turned off a lot of the, um, they turned off a lot of the things that were making things safer. And yeah, well, of course they did. Like they, like anyone who thinks, and this is the weird thing to me. And I've all, I'm always surprised when people are upset. Like, yeah, of course. Facebook is here to make money. They have one purpose. It's not to help us. It's not to help us. Yeah. No, they're not, they do not exist to do anything for anyone except themselves. They they're here to make money for themselves. And you know what? That's not, that's neither good nor bad. That's not either positive. It is fair to say it is amoral to make money for themselves. Yeah. It's amoral. You know, meaning it it just is is what it is. Yeah. uh, Yeah. 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 And, and that's, you know, like that's fine. That's what they're there. But people have yeah. some impression that they want to help us or that they're working for us or they're trying nope. to, I, I just nope. don't, I don't know where does that come from? Why do people attribute that to them or anyone? I don't know. But, but at the same time, I mean, we're a strange species anyway. And, you know, we're not exactly, uh, uniformly, uh, scientists and logicians, you know, it's not like this is Vulcan. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're about as, uh, but there, you know, of course, Facebook is optimizing for content that engages people or causes reactions. Well, of course yeah. they are. Who's surprised by this? Like, this is a bombshell. No, it's not. It's their business. Pra- it's there's, it is the way they do business. It's what they do. It's what they do. <laughs> Trying yeah, and, to create content. And they're, they're entirely, <laughs> no, but it's just, you're correct in the sense of, uh, you shouldn't be expecting them to do anything illegal. No. But there's very little regulation in this space as to exactly what it is that you can do behaviorally mm. to manipulate people. Right. To get them to pay more attention to this, click on this, spread this, you know, do that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, content is content. If it happens to be, uh, people suggesting that we overthrow a government and that vaccines, <laughs> you know, can give you 5G. It's content. Yeah, fine, great. And let's right. go ahead and show a mesothelioma, you know, lawsuit ad at the same time. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, they sort of do that. Um, 
And, um, and yet, you know, it's, uh, you know, Facebook can be used to overthrow governments. I mean, that's the crazy part. Of it. So, I mean, we'll see what, we'll see what happens from a regulatory standpoint. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess they'll, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's one of these, I have a hard time. I have no emotional, uh, dependency on Facebook at all. I don't feel the need to use it. Same. I haven't uh, even had an account. For and, a while. uh, I didn't notice it was really down. No, I didn't either. And, uh, um, but see, I don't know that we're, we're typical. We're probably typical of the people who are listening to this show and probably typical of people no, are, who, I mean, who we would. There's 7 billion people on the planet. How many people are on Facebook too? Yeah. Yeah. So most of us aren't on Facebook. Are True. That's a good way yeah. to put it. But you know, like yeah. the, the big bombshell that came out of this whistleblower thing was that there were, there were safety systems in place that were designed to reduce, I guess, disinformation. Mm-hmm. And that that when the election was over, they turned those things off, yeah, to back what they were before, and and yeah. the the assertion also is that, that one story going around too that you know the uh, Donald Trump's son in law and Zuck oh. had a had a deal, yeah, you know, of like don't come after us, and then right. go to here and there, but go ahead and let us lie online. Well, it's prioritizing but, growth over safety. Of course, that's that they want to grow. That's the most important thing. But also, like. I don't know. I don't know if this is a generational thing or what. I don't know. You know, I don't know. But the generational thing too, man, is like one of the main reasons why I stopped using Facebook literally 13 years ago. Okay. Is because all the boomers showed up on Facebook. Like literally my parents and their friends and aunts and uncles. And, uh, you know, even now, like I go and I look, most active people on my feed are like, you know, like literally family members in their 70s and 80s. And um, I actually don't, when I go and I look like at the kind of like, I mean, it's just these things where you almost have to explain to somebody that was born in 1947 that I don't want you to like every single fucking thing <laughs> that gets posted. Yeah. And you don't have to comment on everything. Like, you know, there's, you know, like, hey, mom, there's only so many times you can lull at something. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't just stop it. If I tweet something, don't reply back. Yeah. You don't have to reply back to every single goddamn tweet. It's not a it's not you and me having a conversation online. But uh, but literally, I sat down where um, I don't know. I mean, to me, um, you know, my oldest is 20 and you look at my kids. My kids don't use Facebook. They give shit less about Facebook. Yeah, and they're more likely that. to use Snap, you know, or um, um, I don't use Instagram and that kind of thing. But like, uh, I mean, the younger ones, like the ten-year-old, I mean, they're they're on Pinterest, right, and stuff like. I mean, so you know, it's one of the things where I mean, maybe it's a generational thing, but I don't know. I mean, Facebook somehow like totally nailed, uh, like they're you know, it's really like it's a salt lick for boomers. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how to. No, yeah, that's a, that's the best way I've heard anyone describe it. Boomer salt lick, yeah. You know, you know I, we're, we're, we're generation X. I mean, the cool generation. Yeah. We're the good one. Yeah. yeah the ones that like, you're welcome for the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're welcome for games, gaming. Yeah, sure. You know, some people did it, but like we, we made it finally look good. Every, everything good that, that we have, oh. came, you know, came from us. Literally right now, came course. from boomers. Every, everyone. I mean, 
boomers not. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. But part of that is because, I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of Gen X, yeah. Um, Elon Musk is technically Gen X, Gen X, isn't he? Oh, you know, I think he is. Yeah, I think he is. Um, He's got to be. He was talking about a space telescopes, talking about the Starship, and he officially announced today, I think, that Tesla has yeah, moved. He's 50. He's definitely a boomer. Moved here to Austin, the headquarters, even though he's been living here for two years. He officially announced it today, as of today, the headquarters uh-huh. is, is here. Good for him. That's wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, I saw this, this, this article they had, this GeekWire one. Did you see the uh, the comments about uh, they ask about the phallic shape of uh, Bezos's <laughs> rocket? Did you see this? Did you yes. see his response? Uh, yeah. Kara Swisher asked, "Can you explain from a technological point of view why it's that shape?" And he says, "If you're only doing suborbital, then your rocket can be shorter." Yes. <laughs> How do you like? Uh, Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. You cannot sue your way to the moon, no matter how good your lawyers are. Yeah. I tell you, they're just, uh, it's such a, you know, you gotta, um, so he's a little, you know, he's an interesting character, Elon Musk. Have you ever met him? But I have not met him. I figure he's here. I might run into him at the HEB or something, but, um, you know, uh, that, that would be, uh, that would, I mean, what's what I find. Yeah. You run out of, you don't want a frozen pizza, f- you know, one in the morning. What I find, uh, really fun about him is cause I, you know, I believe in a certain authenticity and integrity in what you say as well. Uh, meaning if somebody asks me a direct question, I will give them a direct answer literally on whatever topic it is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, um, but then he takes it to this whole other level where, you know, he gets at, you see him get asked stuff and then he's just like, well, you know, boom, 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 boom. And it's like, wow. Okay. That's, it's true. It's true. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, it's such a funny, such a funny article on there. I mean, the, um, um, yeah, but but it's also you know it's pretty it's pretty cool that we can we can have private companies do space stuff and that that it's actually being commoditized and being sort of more open up. I mean, yeah. we had so many of these great you know you and I grew up in all these you know Tang came from NASA and this came mm-hmm. from NASA mm-hmm. and Velcro came Velcro, from NASA yeah, right. and that came from NASA. Um, you know, I hope that actually you know our kids as we get older people sit around and we're like, well, SpaceX and the the blue whatever and this sort of thing. I mean, this is why we have this sort of cool thing. And this is why we went and helped climate change. I mean, hopefully all these private companies in the safe space, you know, space area, you know, end up being really behind some interesting innovations that we need on this planet too. Right. Um, but yeah. All right. I'll move on from Elon Musk. What else we got in the news this week? Uh, did you, did you want to talk about the, uh, the robo pets? Amazon's robo pet. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about it? Um, you know, I, I like all the robots. I like all of them. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's a, it's, it's 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 a thousand bucks, right? It's yeah, it's it's a thousand dollars. And for those who haven't seen it, it looks like an iPad mounted on a stick that's attached to uh, with a base that has two large wheels and one small wheel in the back. It looks a lot like um, uh, Pixar's idea of what a robot should look like, and, and it's kind of like a Wall-E vibe to it without the arms. 
and it has yeah. a little a little compartment in the back where I get. So, it, so let me let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you and it's called Astro. Right? Astro, yeah. So do you think the do you think this was a? Let's talk about the industrial design of it. Uh huh. Do you think it's a compromise industrial design of hey let's just ship something or do you think they really went after something that's that cute because as you said even how you described it it's basically an ipad mounted on a stand Mm -hmm. on a thing that looks like a vacuum cleaner yeah um and uh and then for some reason too even in the pictures they always stick the fucking barcode with all the warnings like right in the front of it too (laughs) you know know what i mean right when you look at it and it's like okay why would you put literally the warranty barcode like right mm-hmm. underneath that that screen um do you think this is just sort of a like do you think this is rationally and purposefully designed from an industrial physical standpoint or do you think it's like a just fucking ship it uh yeah what do you think? i i mean there's design elements to it for sure and and i think that thought went into a lot of it but it looks like a compromise you know how you get something and you're like this was designed and this is supposed to be like that and then there's an, a competing device or thing and you're like, Oh, I, mean, it, it, I can it see it. looks the, like, it looks like a, a vacuum. Yeah. It's not, it's, and, and it doesn't look like you can really do anything. That's the other thing is like, when I think of a robot, I want a robot. The point of a robot for me is to do stuff. I don't want to do. Otherwise what's, I don't need a robot. I have kids. And you what's know? in the back, by the way, is that, is that drink holders? Yeah. Or that's like, what I was going to say is that it's come standard with a compartment that like can hold two, what look like just standard like water plastic water bottles but that part comes out and the does it, anticipation does it, does is it that keep them cold no amazon will is anticipating that third parties will build things that will fit into that place because it has like a built-in charger and other things so like in theory you could build something that would fit in place of the drink holders you'd remove that part and then put your own third party thing in there and now it has the ability to do some, but this robot ever, can't think act- ever put like grabber arms on it. Or well, something? that that's the first thing everybody wants is an arm without an arm. What's the point of this thing? It, so it can, it can extend its <laughs> head. <laughs> I mean, if it had a human like hand, then it starts having a function at home. There you go. <laughs> but it, right now, it, it, all it can do is extend the, uh, the post that has the iPad on it. It can extend that higher and then I guess allow you to see over countertops and stuff. But at at best, this is like a surveillance device for when you're not home that you can make go into different rooms. But for a thousand dollars, you could just buy a blink camera and put it in every room and then you can see every room at all at once. So I I don't understand. You could take a Roomba vacuum and just sort of mount an iPad (laughs) on it, right? I guess. Couldn't you? Yeah, I don't I don't understand the point of this thing. I like that they're that, that they're building robots again. It's been a long time since we heard about a robot. So how many like how much how much how much hardware has Amazon done that's been cool? Like like the Kindle? Kindle? They've done I mean I, I mean, guess the fuck that the Fire Phone was a fucking Yeah, that was a joke. Like but literally a, a, a like literally a the newer fire. the newer Echoes are um are fine. I've never used any of the Alexa Echo stuff. I've got I've got a couple of those around the house. Like I mean I've I've only I've only just used Siri, even again. It's because I got a a watch now. Well, the you know my experience the the Google um, devices. Uh, I have a Google Nest Hub, which is a horribly okay, named uh, device. It's yeah. it's basically a speaker with a screen glued to. I the had front a Nest thermostat before Google bought it. I thought it was a great thermostat. Yeah, I had one of those in an office. 
Um, but uh, th- what's cool about what the fuck's um, a Nest Hub? It is. It is a speaker with a screen glued to the front of it, and the screen is a really poor touch Does screen. It, is it a thermostat? No, it's an independent. Oh, see, that's, that's that's one of the things about it's calling. You call it a Nest Hub, you think it's going to tell the temperature? No, it 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 can tell you the temperature, but it doesn't do anything from the thermostat. I see. It's a uh, hub. That's it's what, a it's hub. A, you see, okay, and duh. and so you can tell it things like you can tell it, you know, play YouTube, play this song from Spotify, yeah. show me my calendar, make an appointment, set a reminder. Yeah. You can set multiple timers, which Siri doesn't let you do. Um, and in general, I find that it's, um, voice recognition is much, much, much better than what Amazon's doing. And that in fact, you can ask it complicated questions and it does a much better job or even simple questions does a yeah. much, much better job than Amazon, uh, does. Yeah, and I mean, so like, both I of mean, them Google's, are, are Google's, Google's way better than good Siri. At, like the Google assistant voice recognition stuff. Really good. And so, yeah. you know, I don't know, I, I don't. I don't know what the point of this thing is, but so in this article that we have in our show notes for today, um, it says in 2019, a review of studies, scientists found that much like real pets, robo pets, which there was the, there's a paro paro who's a robotic seal, justo cat who get, guess what? It's a cat. Um, Aibo is the dog and cuddler is a robotic bear that these Mm -hmm. things reduced depression and improved well-being for senior citizens <clears throat> and it says here they happily caressed the robo pets despite being fully aware that they weren't actual animals as one woman put it quote i know it is an inanimate object but i can't help but love her okay but you could get like a you get like a smooth marble stone and just rub it yeah okay all right uh, and that there, this article continues to talk about how people consider their Roombas to be part of the family and will assign a gender See, and a name so, to this them. Is, this is always this is always one of my problems with a bunch of these things. I have a hard time having an opinion on you know in the sense of uh, you know people go well you know but you know really did this and and I and I look at it and I go oh um, I've never had that problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but okay. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, um, the, I mean, to me, I don't need an iPad on a vacuum that's not a vacuum. I don't know. I, I would love to have a robot if it had a real use. Because to me, if, if I can pick up the iPad and just hold it, then I don't really need this robot for anything. And if, if I can put a blink camera in a couple rooms, uh, then what's the purpose of it? Did, give, give me a robot that does uh, you something. You could be like taking, taking a dump and the robot comes over and shows you YouTube. Like that kind of thing. I suppose I could just bring an iPad if that was what I was into. Well, but maybe maybe your hands are going to get dirty. Mm, true. <laughs> I mean, I you can know. prop the iPad up ahead of time. I guess I'm just yeah. trying to think this through yeah. for our listeners. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't. I you know, I think we're uh, trying to rationalize. Yeah, a uh, a piece of. I mean, on one hand, uh, you know, it's like good on good on any company that's trying to do new stuff and trying to ship something and trying to do something interesting. And so, you know, and of course, uh, as we are sort of saying here, there's, you know, the realization is just that, uh, it's by no means done, but we'll see what their robot looks like in 10 years or something. I mean, yeah, don't show me a robot until it's got an arm. It's that's my definition of a robot is it has to start with an arm. Really? Yeah. Because if you think about it, like when you go to a, a does modern, Wally, does a, Wally have arms? Yes, he does, right? Yes, because it, well, because he's like a garbage. He picks up garbage. Yes, 
Yeah, duh. Yeah. And so if, yeah, you're if, right. Now that I'm looking at it, it's got no arms. And in fact, if you were to look at robots <gasps> that we have today. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. If that robot had arms and it would just go in the house and pick up all my kids' Legos. Yeah. I'd buy that fucking robot. I know. Me too. For $1,000. I probably. would too. That robot would just pick shit up. Yeah, that that's the it. Vacuum that, robot couldn't do. But if you go to any modern automobile manufacturing plant yeah. in the world, the yeah. robots are all there. And guess what those robots are? They're just arms. They're just arms. Most robots yeah, like like, are, yeah, are yeah. only an arm. Yeah. Yeah, we Give did a bunch of, I remember we did a arm. bunch of cool stuff with ABB in the data center around arms at one point in my past life. And you're right. You just need an arm. You just need an arm. That's a robot. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. This thing, if this thing, if this thing had two arms, and it could pick shit up that right. I didn't want vacuumed. Yeah, because what we literally would do is we tell us like go through the house and pick all the shit up off the floor and put it all away and their right. stuff and you know take laundry to the laundry and put the you know, Lego sort of there and anything smaller. If you pick something up and it's like this size, leave it. You know, and then when you're done, you know, tell the vacuuming robot to go do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we. I think we solved the problems, Dan. Okay, we'll send. Yeah. I'll send them this, and they can uh, yeah. retool. Yeah, yeah, easy. Want to jump in and do a little bit of industry news? Yeah, yeah, we can. Because we I mean, the funny part is we've been talking entirely about Amazon robots and Malcolm Gladwell and uh, Facebook. It's a little mm-hmm. yeah, but we can talk about uh, Edge and Telco stuff. We'll rip through what's here. Uh, that's uh, my which, favorite part of the show is when you rip through. Oh my god, yeah. Singtel's yeah. multi-access edge compute welcomes uh-huh. commercial customers. Nice. Yeah, good for them. Enterprises that are looking to roll out business critical use cases that require low latency, they now have an option in Singtel's hybrid multi-access edge compute, or MEC. Great. This is infrastructure supports low latency use cases, such as mixed reality for gaming, training with simulation and remote collaboration, video analytics Mm. for advanced security. So my question for you is, I I keep hearing about AR and gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially in the context of, of edge, um, you know, it's interesting because that seems to be the application, the edge application that I hear about the most. Is that like, because that seems to be what I'm interested in and there's a confirmation bias? Uh, yeah, it also like shows well Mm -hmm. because people are like, "Eh, Hey, look, here's a hologram. Right. Right, so it just sort of shows well. You know, there's a bunch of boring apps. Now, if you look at edge-native applications, there's only four types of them. Uh, and uh, we'll often go and talk about them by industry. You know, this industry, that industry, and this is like a long list. Or people will talk about it by technical component or technical capability. Mm. You know, here, here's an AR app. Here's an AI app. You know, here's a, you know, like that, that you know, here's a blockchain app. Um, that's not really quite functionally the way to think about it. And what I mean by that is when you look at it, there's only four types of edge applications. The one that you're talking about in the case of AR, VR, is there's a whole category of applications around immersive and pervasive content. So content that exists in a particular place in the world is personalized for you, is interactive, you can share it. It can maybe be collaborative. Uh, you know those types of things. Meaning, like what what current content is not right. Current content now, you just watch a Netflix video and it takes over your phone, and everyone watches the same thing, right? 
But this idea that there's some of these things that are pervasive in the world, you have the option of them being immersive. That's AR and MR and and uh, you know a bunch of other stuff fits under you know all of those invasive and invasive immersive, pervasive and immersive <laughs> applications. I've sometimes called them Pi apps, but you know that's not gonna that's not gonna stick. That's the first category. The second category is. Uh, all the edge applications that have a flow style architecture. So they are data streaming in a series of events and functions you would like to do along that data stream as it goes. Um, and uh, those are all flow uh, style applications. And uh, that's the second uh, major category. Uh, the third one is uh, autonomous control systems. So what I mean is, you know, right now a smartphone, for example, moves around because a human moves them, right? And um, when you start thinking about autonomous devices, so devices that move some degree on their own, like this robot, uh, you know, drones, cars, you know, industrial robotics, hospitality robotics, anything like that, mm-hmm. they have some behavior where they're, they're moving on their own. Um, the edge is a natural place to put those control systems, you know, how they... To prevent, to prevent them from colliding, to prevent them from hitting a human, to sort of manage their traffic, to span, you know, different organizations that are doing things. But essentially, autonomous control systems is a third type. And then the fourth type you find in the edge are, are the elements of the network itself. So, you know, like, because that, at the end of the day, is just a computational workload that involves, you know, data coming from in and out. So aspects of the mobile core, radio access networks, those are also edge workloads. Uh, in that, whether they're public or private. Okay. Um, but but I think that's the, um, you know, when you sort of go at the top level, I can guarantee if you look at immersive and pervasive content, and then second category, flow. Third, autonomous control systems. Fourth, the network. Everything you see out there fits under those four categories. And um, it is as top level to me as saying web 2.0, mobile, social apps, right? Right. Uh, and just like how you can have a mobile web app that has social elements, uh, you can also have an autonomous control system that has a flow architecture that uh, one of the interfaces is immersive, right? But but you'd almost sit around, and, and then that, that's functionally how it'd go and categorize things. And the closest thing we have to web app, mobile, social you know, type things that we saw sort of show up 20 years ago. Um, but that's why you see it is because just like how Amazon Web Services has services that target what type of application, Dan? Web apps. Web apps, <laughs> yeah. My favorite kind. Yeah. yeah. You know, Edge will target those four categories of apps, and one of those categories is AR platforms, and so you'll see it pretty common. So that's yeah. that one. Uh, we've got the Open Network Foundation. Yeah. It is uh, conceives Anika... Ananki, Ananki, how do you say oh, that? Probably. Uh, uh, well, um, Anon, Anon key. key. I okay. mean, it, it's yeah, it's likely a, a um, you know, it's either a made-up word, uh, right. or or um, um, or it's Greek or Hindi or. Well, I can tell you what it is. It's a software-defined service integrated mm-hmm. with hyperscaler and edge frameworks that support multi-cloud platforms. The public benefit 
Corporation is funded with investments from unnamed business partners and venture capitalists. This is according to yeah, Sloan well, behind it. Yeah. And a 30 million DARPA grant is funding development of the technology. Open Network <laughs> Foundation. Okay. Red Hat of, oh, they're the Red Hat of open source private 5G. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, the Open Network Foundation, I think, has been under the Linux Foundation. They've been doing on, like ONF, as you call yeah, them. ONF. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, um, Okay, so I mean, the, the Open Networking Foundation has been a nonprofit, and I guess this is saying that the nonprofit is going to own a commercial company, just like how you have Firefox as a nonprofit browser owning Firefox Inc., which commercializes it, I guess. Um, I mean, it's a little bit like uh, the Red Cross owning a bandages and syringe company. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, you're right. Yeah. I just, I like the way you, yeah. you cut to I the chase with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you say Equinix? Did we have it? Did can we get a ruling on that? We do, we do say Equinix. Yeah. Equinix. Um, yeah. They are. Uh, they're doing. Well, let their... me ask you this: How do you how do you say the horse riding sport? Equinix. No equestrian. Equestrian. Yeah. Equinix. Say, I'm going to call everything Equinix it? from now on. Yeah. So they are yeah, uh, Equinix. I mean, it's like I don't know. Well, maybe they, we should, maybe we should like. Um, um, maybe we should like, I wonder if I go to the website and there's somebody there like with a video pronouncing the, it correctly. The CEO, so yeah, I don't know, but well, they have announced uh, a couple days ago that they have, uh, expanded their natural ecosystem of technologies and partner solutions that support mm -hmm. the deployment management and operations of Kubernetes nice. as Equinix metal mm -hmm. metal. Mm -hmm. Nice. They said that this is going to make it easier for more than 10,000 customers to move applications yeah. to the edge and closer to the clouds, users, networks, partners that matter most to their business. Um, awesome. So they're, they're doing Kubernetes hosting. Yeah. You're getting really good at this, Dan. They describe it as uh, automated, interconnected, and secure bare metal service that applies a developer and API-first mindset to foundational infrastructure. Mm. Provide, who, mm. who writes this stuff? Marketing people. We're both, we're both, we're both in developers. Do you just read this and go like, oh yeah, I'm yeah. use this now. Mm -hmm. I want to get to whoever wrote this. I want to get them to, you know, write stuff for, for our oh, stuff. Cause yeah. it's oh, really, no, really confusing. Well, no, according to us, according to, if we got the same person to write our stuff, they'd be suggesting that we do the IBM podcast instead of Malcolm Gladwell. I think we'd do a good job on it. I think we'd do a great job. But we're no Malcolm Gladwell. No. Equinix investments in the cloud native community continue to reinforce the company's commitment to fueling open source innovation, including Tinkerbell, which nice. is a bare metal provisioning platform that they donated to the Cloud Native Computing Foundation or Kunf. No, it's at CNCF. Oh. That one's pronounced like yeah, a mnemonic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's throwing me a loop there. You gotta be careful. But uh, Tinkerbell, which yeah. of course everyone knows, you know, Tinkerbell. It's a flexible bare metal provisioning engine. Amazing. Tinkerbell. Nice. If I was Disney, I would sue, sue so hard. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Tinkerbell's got to be like all Disneyed up, right? It has to be. I mean, because was there, was there, was there like, it was. They'll sue you if you name your kid Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. Amazon Web Services has made it well, possible. The funny part, though, is uh, Tinkerbell has a space in the name, and Equinix Tinkerbell is one word. 
I wonder if that matters. Seriously, Tinker is apparently Tinker's first name. Bell is her last name. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, so anyway, like uh, why at Mobile Edge X we refer to it as Edge Cloud with no space in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. Because if you put a, a hyphen or a space in there, it's just a general purpose word. But if you put the two together, you can trademark it. That's right. Amazon Web Services made it possible to use its home-baked ARM-powered Graviton 2 CPUs with its uh, Lambda serverless functions. Have I, am I using one? I'm using my... No, like, have, you, have you tried that? Have you looked at the Graviton stuff from AWS? Uh-uh. Yeah, I mean, it's their own in-house chip. Right. And um, it's a really fucking cool chip. I mean, it's, it's one of these... Uh, it's probably easily the best server-based ARM chip out there. Um, they say it gets an up to 19% better performance at 20% lower cost. Yeah, it's probably, I, I believe it's probably true. And it probably for things that are even more multi-threaded and more IO intensive, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. probably even better. Yeah. Um, and they've been uh, increasingly putting more and more of their services as being available on this chip as an option. And I, and I think getting Lambda on there is really smart because mm. um, one, uh, if you look at people's reluctance to use Graviton for VMs, containers, that sort of thing, is that you do have to like build against it. There may be binary dependencies, and the chip's not available on any other cloud. Right. Now, if you can start using services like Lambda, where the experience and the interface is supposed to be independent of all those things anyway then all you're doing is getting performance and cost benefits as a consequence of doing Lambda on there. I mean, my only question to them would be why the fuck they didn't launch Lambda as the first service on Graviton, right? Yeah. So That that um, would make even more sense. That'd make even more sense. But they finally got to it, but it's fine. Um, And uh, sounds uh, uh, great. Yeah, and it says here, Lambda's a 25th AWS service to run on the Silicon. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for them. It's nice to see somebody's. I mean, the thing is, as I tell you, in the Graviton chip and then also in the AWS Nitro, like their hypervisor, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, is, you know, somebody's worked at that level. They've, they've done some nice work there. We've got an article in here talking about the role of APIs in mainframe modernization. Um, on, on, DevOps, on DevOps.com, yeah. there's a blog post about mainframe, mainframe. modernization. Yeah. Have you ever used a mainframe? Not for anything of consequence or significance or as part of a job. Yeah. Okay, same. Let's just move on. Yeah. I mean, I've used one in Sime. I used like a Vax VMS. I don't know if a Vax VMS machine counts as a mainframe, but that but was what I used. Um, also, was a Vax. Yeah. We had VMS, and it did some kind of accounting software. Yeah, I was doing molecular orbital calculations and Fortran <laughs> and that kind of thing. Yeah, right. I mean, and I was nineteen or twenty. I think we just move on. I mean, I have mainframes. I don't know. Well, there's an. Yeah, AW- I mean, it's a little bit like the role. I mean, the role of accessibility in asphalt road modernization okay (laughs) i don't really i've never laid asphalt i don't know i mean are these things still being made mainframes they still making them oh my god yeah what are you talking about cobalt on mainframes and well who wants that apparently a gigantic chunk of the world still written in cobalt and still runs on mainframes and still these are all the people if it ain't broke broke, why fix it i guess ain't broke why fix it 
I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure large payment systems and all sorts of shit and banking still runs on that stuff. Yeah, you're right about that. Banks, for sure. So, I mean, it turns out being like a COBOL refactoring dude can be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next incorrect picture. Uh, the AWS white paper thing? I don't know. Uh, this article. No, let's, let's, that link didn't work for me. Let's just move on. All right. You want to go to um, Let's talk about the five the five G revolutionary road that is not a revolutionary picture at all. It's an evolutionary picture. Okay. Um, well, tell me what you think. This is the graphic of the week. The uh, graphic. We, I, we need a little jingle. It's for the graphic I, of the week. I, yeah, okay. Ready? Yeah. That's a space for it. Oh, so I, <laughs> <laughs> very good. No, I'm kidding. We go we go live straight live with these now. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think it's. Uh, um, uh, you know, when you show a picture going from 4G to 4.5G to 5G and you show how the architecture is like this and the error interface is this, there's no, I would not use revolution as the word for that. I'd use evolution as the word for that. It's a cool visual, um, uh, I guess, uh, and it's, it's, nice that it's nice that he drew it on paper and, and everything. Um, but um, I mean, his arrows are... Top notch, <clears throat> the way he's drawn this. Uh, I, I'm a little. I mean, I write a particular way, yeah. uh, and um, I'm not going to make a comment about the writing. But I would. I mean, if you showed me this writing and said, "Did a did a grown man write this?" Um, I would say no. <laughs> okay. I would say that it was written by like my 12 year old right. daughter. It's very. <clears throat> God, it sounds. It's got to be. That sounds terrible. I mean, am I am I terrible for that? Of like, it's no. I just um um. I don't write like that. No. All right, we'll move on though. Yeah, let's let's do. What, we'll pick one one or two more of these, and then I think I think that's good. I think that's good. Um, well, I, the rapid fire stuff and the light reading thing, you know, yeah. the cloud native open ran and private five G. That's my good friend Howard Wu, who nice. of course was with me at Ericsson and with me at uh, Joint, and he's a very good friend. He he runs the networking business and uh, other things at uh, Quanta. Uh, in there, that's a great video uh, to go and look at. Uh, I know that there's also the thing about Samsung deploying cloud native VRAN and KDDI. That's a uh, yeah. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, Google says they're going to use one of the new Intel chips. Yep, quite quite no brainer. Telefonica goes in there and says they're going to use shit from Oracle. Uh, yep, <laughs> and it makes <laughs> turns sense, out right? people are testing drones with five G. Turns out they want to go ahead and play video games in in Times Square. Apparently, T Mobile's really cranking away, and it's five mm-hmm. G standalone. Telstra's got a new sort of you know. Um, uh, person running uh, technology stuff. There's a great interview there about Pat Gelsinger. All, all hail Pat Gelsinger and fighting the good fight for American semiconductor technologies. And uh, then it turns out that uh, Qualcomm has a lot of ambitions in the car space. That, yeah, that's I it. mean, that's cars. The that's the I list. Like, We're done. I think cars are going to heat back up again. It's just a feeling that I have. Like it's going to remember when when there was the talk about the Apple car and all these other cars. I think cars. I think you know, 2020. Is, I, you know, I, I've, I've never had the urge to buy a Tesla for some reason, right? Yeah. But an Apple car. Hmm. An Apple car does sound kind of interesting, but they're, I mean, they're, I got, I, I, I drive, I'm, I'm a sort of day to day car when I drive to BMW and it's all Apple 
inside. Yeah, so it's, it's actually it feels uh, like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about buying like a Sprinter van. Because oh. we're finally, you know, because now, well, because now the, uh, um, uh, you know, hopefully October 26th, the FDA is going to say that vaccinating kids from 5 to 11 is allowed. And I'm going to run off and get my last two kids vaccinated. Right. And then for some reason, like the other day, I'm like, ah, you know, um, uh, that means that we'll go back and they can go to swimming now and we can go mm-hmm. back and do judo a bit more. And, right. You know, we can get out there a little bit. I feel more comfortable when everybody's vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the house and then, and then we test all the kids every, every, every Monday, all the kids get a PCR test and stuff too. I mean, so we've been pretty, Oh yeah. Uh, robust, if you will, on, uh, uh, protecting the, the household on that. And, um, yeah, then for some reason, man, like the internet said, Hey, you might like this sprinter van conversion. I looked at, it, I'm like, Ooh, I, I do like that. Yeah. Sprinter van. It's got a, you know, bed seating for, you know, six people on the back. It's got a fucking toilet shower and you gotta get it man you gotta get that and cook your steaks yeah, so in, like, in that start thing. sitting there i'm like oh my god let's go to let's go to swimming in the sprinter van <laughs> <laughs> well if you'd like, like if, if you'd like to get in touch with jason he's on yeah. facebook i'm not on facebook. just search for jason hoffman on facebook.com no it's and, not true that's not i'm actually what i did with my facebook thing is i normalized it to the instagram account so i'm pretty sure i'm steakitarian like vegetarian but steak steakitarian i think i'm facebook.com slash steakitarian because people don't understand is that i i eat i eat steak well on twitter you are still jason h i'm dan benjamin pretty much anywhere and um Everywhere. if we, we would love to get your thoughts your feedback comments questions and concerns go to living on the edge dot show click contact and send us the link there we'd love to hear from you and uh jason that's all we got this week uh have a good week you too dan love you love you too